the Junkyard Love Podcast. It's lockdown time, folks. That means it's time to catch in those audible credits and read a damn good book. I'm going to recommend 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. That's one that I'm only halfway through right now. I have it on Audible and in text. Got that for Christmas from Shaley's grandma. Wonderful contribution. Uh, It's great. It's one worth highlighting. It's one worth uh, taking a run and listening to. It's one worth listening to more than once, I'd say. So check that out. 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson. Today it's Shaley and I. Shaley is an RN uh, from Olympia, the capital of Washington. one hour south of Seattle there, and she is kind of experiencing firsthand what's going on. Um, I'm trying to make sense of things in a kind of nonsensible media environment that we have here. Um, try to try to explain kind of what's going on around the, the COVID coronavirus stuff and, and maybe give some recommendations. I don't know if we're going to be doing this again. We'll see how this, how this thing goes. We want to try to um, offer maybe some, some calm insight, um, but you know, with, with no bullshit. So uh, we're not claiming to be experts by any means. I'm just a dumb researcher DJ and she is just a wonderful nurse on the front lines of this whole thing. So here we go. Enjoy yourselves. Please take care of yourselves. Please uh, don't be afraid to text one of your loved ones and just say, hey, I love you. Shit's crazy right now, but I love you. I want you to know that. Chick, chick, chick. Chick, 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 what? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a strange, eerie episode of the Junkyard Love Podcast. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, we just felt the need to talk about what's going on in the world right now with the old uh, COVID pandemic situation um, at this time. Uh, typically, my podcasts are like a couple weeks behind because I like to edit them myself and do regular life stuff in between. So, uh, But this one I'm going to post day up. So if you're listening to this today, we record it today. So I have cute nurse Shaylee Morris wonderful fantastic nurse and she uh just wanted to i suppose enlighten some people on um some stuff when it comes to taking care of ourselves and what to come next and and what's going on with the virus and um hopefully we can figure out maybe some some ticks and ticks and trips (laughs) some (laughs) some trips and ticks to (laughs) help you out in your day-to-day life um yeah babe hello welcome hi Welcome, Shaylee. Hello. I feel like it's weird to call you babe on here because it just makes everybody else like, ooh, we're not like. Yeah. Like they're just, like, they just ooh. have to call you babe. It's very uncomfortable for everyone else. Right. Sweetie pie muffin. Okay. It's yeah. uncom- that's uncomfortable for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll say it more often. <laughs> so um, what do you think? Where, where do you want to start with this? Um, I feel like all listeners know the basics of what's going on unless they have somehow now listened to a single piece of content in the last three weeks or consumed anything, then they have no idea that there's like a deadly virus in the air. Um, I'm sure everybody knows about it because it's on every social media platform, every uh, news station. I mean, that's what's going on in the world right now. But I think the issue behind it is there's just so much information. There's so much new information, even hourly. Um, and... Unfortunately, the media is doing what the media does and, you know, really like hyping it up and making mm-hmm. people scared and creating content. Yeah, things like that, because that's what's going to get them the most clicks and the most views and the most watches. So, of course, it's going to be all like ah, dramatized, mm-hmm. um, dramatized, dramatized. I don't know. Um, but good. yeah, whatever that word is. But I think, um, you know, it's important to have like real factual information and understand that this is serious Mm -hmm. um i keep hearing people that are like freaking out because they're super super scared of it or people are like um i'm fine because i'm young 
And I think we're just kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of like, what the heck is going on? Um, what I can gather from it is, um, you know, you at any age, you can get it. Um, they're finding that children are getting it, but may not even show signs or symptoms. And some people into their 20s, 30s are also getting it and having really mild symptoms. Um, and then obviously the older we get, uh, the worse it is. And that's just mm-hmm. like the flu or really any other thing. Uh, if you're immunocompromised, uh, you have diabetes, obesity, uh, heart disease, kidney impairment, anything like that. It's going to put you at a worse and increased risk. Um, so uh, a big reason why they closed the schools isn't because a bunch of children were out getting really super sick. It's because all these children are together. And as we know, children um, don't un- typically understand the importance of hand washing and mm-hmm. good um, hygiene and things like that. So and not having snot all over their face at all times. Exactly. So these kids are getting it and then spreading it. And we don't really realize because they are not really showing any symptoms or it looks like, oh, they have cold or allergies or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're bringing it home to their parents and their grandparents and the vulnerable populations. So that was kind of um, the big reason, I think, why they're, um, you know, holding school for two, four, six weeks in some cases because, you know, um, it's not necessarily that the kids are the ones at risk. It's the people at home who are taking right. care of these kids. Well, and, and, and I think it's important to for everybody to remind their brains of the systematic or, or, or the systemic like view of what's going on. Like they're trying to project. They're like, okay, if these this many people are getting sick all at once on next Tuesday, everyone in the world gets sick on that same day. Like our hospitals are going to be overrun. We're not going to have enough hospital beds. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of trickle down like to our entire economy. So doing anything to to slow the roll is, is not always like, it's not like they're like, saying by doing this we are going to completely delete the virus it'll never exist and nobody will ever get sick that's not what they're saying yeah i think people need to understand that there's long term there's people who know a little bit more a little bit broader about what what's going to happen so that they they're knowing what they're doing when they're making these decisions right so i'm sure a lot of people have heard the expression flatten the curve or they're seeing it on social media or the news or whatever and basically the idea behind that is um it's like a like a bell curve or a mountain or whatever. So if we have a lot of people getting infected very quickly, that curve is going to go up extremely quickly. It's going to be a really tall, steep mountain. And then, you know, it's going to come back down eventually. Like, yeah, eventually we'll, you know, we'll come back on the other side. It'll start coming down. Um, But if we take all of these precautions now to really try and halt um, the spread of it, that may be only a little hill or it may be only a little, um, you know, like a little flattened, you know, area. What I'm trying to think a of, a plateau. She's, she's like, doing aggressive hand gestures. I am, I'm trying to think of. Um, so it may go a up a little bit. Hump. We may have sick people and then it's going to come back down. So the idea behind that is, um, is for our healthcare system. We cannot support... Um, hundreds and thousands and potentially into the millions of people getting sick with this in our hospitals. It's just impossible Um, because things like heart attacks and strokes and, you know, whatever other um, emergency situations that occur, Mm -hmm. they're not going to stop happening. Yeah. Other sicknesses keep churning. Yeah. I mean, we're still in flu season. I mean, so people are still getting really sick and needing emergent care. It's going to keep happening. And then on top of it, we're going to have all these people who are super sick with these respiratory issues. And just as a healthcare system, we just can't, we cannot handle that amount Mm -hmm. of people and patients. And so that then exposes our healthcare workers, you know, any of them, doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, um, you know, anybody who's involved with patient care, that increases our risk of being exposed to this, of Mm -hmm. contracting it. um, And then that puts us out and unable to care for other people. So the idea of um, staying home and closing bars and restaurants a lot of people are just thinking, well, they're overreacting. 
you know, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. Um, I can understand that you're saying that, but it's not because we think it's so bad right now. It's because we don't want it to get so bad. And we're trying to take steps in order to prevent it from becoming, I mean, so overwhelming. With with data and, and just the way our minds work, we're able to say like, okay, if this is happening and it continues to happen at this rate for this many days, Mm -hmm. what is the world going to look like? And you have very smart people doing that right now around the clock. And they project like this many people get sick in this amount of time. We have this many hospital beds. The numbers are, are pointing out, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, that like if too many people get sick at once, we definitely don't have enough hospital beds to, to fit these people, right? Right. So um, I was just actually watching a video with um, a lead doctor um, in Italy in one of the areas that's been hit the hardest. And before this whole incident, I think he said in this area they had around 700 and some um, ICU capable beds and they've stretched that to over a thousand. Uh, they're canceling elective surgeries. They are changing um, ORs, ERs. Mm-hmm. They're kind of making them into makeshift um, yeah. rooms. Um, and they're doing everything possible to uh, have more ICU capable right. beds. Yeah, so entire hospitals are being transformed. Yeah. So it's likely the unit that I work on um, our primary specialty is, um, it's IMCU, it's, um, intermediate care unit. So it's, it's a step down ICU basically for cardiac patients, mm-hmm. specifically cardio and respiratory. Um, so people who have, um, open heart surgery or heart attacks or anything like that, that's what we take care of, but not quite, they don't need to be ICU status, but they're kind of right under that. So we're going to be a prime um, unit for right. these kinds of patients. You guys are a, an hour south of Seattle, right? An hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah. We're in Olympia in the capital. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to be prime floor for these kinds of patients. Um, and and the problem is, though, is that um, we only have so many ventilators. Okay. We only have so many ventilators in our hospital. So if we get an influx of these patients and their respiratory status starts to decline to where um, they need to be intubated and ventilated. Explain to me ventilation and uh, explain to me what a ventilator is. So ventilator is a machine that um, basically breathes for you. And and why would we need that with this virus? Um, Well, so uh, what happens in the virus, you know, you get the symptoms that everybody's talking about, which is like the fever, the cough. Um, you know, this just generalized fatigue, things like that. Um, and then it can develop into pneumonia basically is what I'm understanding. And then, um, when you have pneumonia, um, it can get to where your little sacs in your air, um, your air sacs are called alveoli. Um, they can get clogged up with gunk basically we're mm. gonna we'll just simplify this mm. so we can appeal to you don't everybody want to pull from your list of words you commonly no. use <laughs> um but they can fill up with you know mucus and mm-hmm. um you know the infection and then you can't exchange gas that's where your gas exchange happens so that's where your co2 oxygen all that exchanges and then supplies your body so um people can only work so hard for so long to breathe before we physically exhaust ourselves for our gas exchange is just not happening um, with our own respiratory drive. Um, so we'll ventilate people. So we'll put a tube down and into their um, their airway and then we'll put them on a machine with certain settings that will breathe for them, give them, you know, the right uh, amount of oxygen, things like that. We can monitor how much um, carbon dioxide they're blowing off. Um, so it gives us a better way to um, uh, help them breathe. Mm. Uh you know, you have to be sedated for that. Um, and you require a lot more um, supervision. Um, yeah, is this typically like not a one, it's not a one nurse job with this? or is um, it- I mean, in ICUs, if they have vented patients, it's typically like a two to one right. ratio. So you'd have two patients or if a patient is really, really, really sick where they're just every minute barely right. hanging on, they would need one nurse. 
So, so what I, I, I think it's just like important for our brains to realize that everything we do is having a, a, a trickle down effect on our healthcare workers, our frontline people, our mm-hmm. nurses, our, our people who are taking par- care of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if you're listening, you're not going to get sick, whatever you think, or you're going to get sick, it's going to blow by a couple of days. But the people who aren't, who are going to be in hospitals, who are going to need these ventilators, mm-hmm. like you, you do have a trickle down effect on them listeners. So that, that's like... I'm trying to emphasize that here too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we may not have enough ventilators. And I know there's companies trying to manufacture more now as we speak. They're trying to get that going. Um, another problem that we're having is uh, we don't have enough PPE or personal protective equipment. Mm-hmm. So um, our gowns that we wear that are single use, our masks. Um, I just read an article about a hospital up north that – is saying they are reusing their masks, um, which are supposed to be single use, um, because they don't have enough. And if they don't reuse them, they will run out within a few days. And that's really scary. Um, It's really scary, understandably, for the nursing staff, uh, because these are supposed to be one-time use, and then you're putting them back on. And if they have the virus on them, um, it could get on the mask, and then putting it back on, puts an increased risk for the nurse. Uh, but then what do you do if you don't have a mask at all? I mean, there's so many variables right now that we're trying to figure out. Um, and and it's just a, a day-by-day, hour-by-hour thing, I think. Um, do our, th- this is a bit of a sidestep, we'll go right back, but uh, what is the, cl- the cleaning process when it comes to this virus? I was reading the other day about um, mad cow disease and how the utensils that were used, like, like uh, when they were working with mad cow disease, got the the uh, bacteria, virus, whatever mad cow disease was, on the utensils, on like the knives, on the medical equipment, right? And they cleaned it off. They had to clean it three different times. They cleaned it three times with like the, the cleansing equipment that you guys use and the virus was still on it. Mm. Um, I'm not suggesting that this is anything like that. That's mad cow disease. But is there any sort of like anything like that that you've read that's shown up that's like, are, are we able to uh, like is it viable to think that we can be cleaning these ventilators, anything like that, or is that just out the door? Like, Well, so they do get cleaned. I mean, they would be um, cleaned b- between each patient use. I mean, I know in my hospital they've stepped up um, the cleaning staff. They're using pretty much bleach all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, they're cleaning door handles, sinks, uh, countertops, everything. Um, we always obviously clean those they're like stepping it up to really try and combat this um because if one one person with dirty hands touches a door handle and think about how many other people could then get that so quickly yeah um we have cleaning supplies in each room or cleaning wipes like bleach wipes we have them outside the rooms Uh, we have to clean the supplies between each person and even that is do we keep uh so say this person that has covid uh, which is COVID-19 is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, if say they have diabetes and then we have to go in and check their blood sugar because uh, that's important to manage when somebody's sick. Uh, the higher the blood sugar, the more um, bacteria and viral loads they like that. They really like high blood sugars. Mm-hmm. So we want to keep that under control. So do we keep that glucometer in there because taking it in and out and trying to clean it, that increases the risk of somebody else maybe contracting mm, it. Right. But then we don't have enough glucometers for the other uh, patients. Yeah, you're you're going to be finding shortages in medical equipment that you didn't realize you'd become short on. I think that'll be another trickle-down effect of this. Yeah, it's just... Just outside of respirators? Yeah, it's just everything. It's yeah. everything we're trying to figure out on the go. And I think that's the biggest thing that I would say to people right now. Uh, I keep seeing so many people complaining about the way the government is handling this or complaining that things are closed or complaining because they weren't closed soon enough Mm -hmm. or this or that. Nobody's happy about this situation. But I think I truly believe we're doing the best we can right now. And I think people, doctors, um, researchers, like we're all working together to figure out what is the best uh, thing to do. Mm -hmm. And it's it's literally changing hourly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. one day at work. That's very important to point out too. It's right. changing by the hour. It's changing by the hour. One day at work, the policy and the procedure of how we cared for these patients changed 
couple times. Right. And we just have to go with it because yeah. we're trying to figure out what is our best um, solution and our options for these patients to keep them safe, us safe, everyone safe. And so I think just try to think about that and try to just give everybody extra grace right now. Mm-hmm. Give that to our healthcare workers. Give that to the government. Give that to the president, even if yeah. you don't like him. I really think we're all just trying to figure out what is best for everybody right. and we're just trying to go with it because we have not had a situation like this. I mean, H1N1, it started to get bad, but it did not spread like this and right. it did not have nearly as many cases or fatalities. So this is like a new thing that we're trying to figure out what to do. So I think just try to stay informed and just realize that everybody's just doing the best they can. Yeah, I think like in in times like these when we're in fearful states, you know, we don't know what to do. Like mm-hmm. there's not anything that we could, like, it's not like we're going to Google what to do coronavirus and they tell you exactly what to do and you're like, oh, cool. I did those things and now I'm perfectly happy and I'm sitting on my couch and everything's back to normal. That doesn't exist. Right. This is, this is a virus. This is something that as humans on this earth, we're all faced with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and the, there's plenty of conspiracies pointing fingers and, and saying biological weapons and saying like all these things. And you just need to understand that the way that news happens, like that could be one dude who randomly made that up over in Spain. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna make a Twitter account. And he tweeted it at the wrong part. Like information is just flying so quickly. Everything's updated so quickly. I just think paying attention to what you're consuming listener, um, paying attention to what you're talking about, um, realizing that it's not all all factual right away like a lot of the times when you're reading um more conspiracy leaning stuff of course you're going to want to like find some sort of answers because you're you're in a fearful state we all are but um i think reminding yourself like okay is this helpful is this helpful to the people around me like to to the actual reality of what's going on Mm -hmm. because i think that in times like these we're reminded you know i think of uh, like game of thrones like they're they're all worried about the, the Iron Throne and it's it's Khaleesi and Jon Snow versus you know it's it's but but the, the White Walkers come on and they're like oh yeah we're like arguing about like who gets to have this castle and who gets to have this land but realistically like we could all just be murdered tomorrow you know what I mean right so I think just just try to think like that this is a virus there's nobody to blame right now there it's unnecessary to blame people you need to remember where your head's going with this. Yeah, I think um, I, I keep saying that that this is unhelpful. This is unhelpful right mm. now when certain people are saying certain things. And I just keep saying this is unhelpful. Um, these are people's lives. So whether or not you believe it was this or that or whatever, right now that does not matter. There are people dying from this. There are people that are seriously ill and sick. There are people who are every day going out and putting their life on the line Mm -hmm. essentially to help take care of these people. So I think that's just the least of our worries. Our worries are trying to be kind and Mm -hmm. helpful to our, to our, you know, fellow humans to get through this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're all struggling right now. I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're not, I'm not sick that I know of. You're not sick that you know of. It's not, comfortable to know that I'm going to go to work tomorrow and be around likely patients that are, you know, dealing with this and people are dying from it. I mean, that I'm not like, yeah, this is super comfortable, but it's just what we have to do. And so we all just need to take care of each other to just try and get through this. Um, Some good resources for information that we know of that's current, Uh, the CDC, they're Mm -hmm constantly updating their website i actually spent a good hour this morning going through the cdc world uh world health organization they also have really good information um as of what to do how to keep yourself safe um etc what we know about it so if you're curious that is where i would recommend you go don't go to news outlets things like that um i think you should go straight to the source mm-hmm. um johns hopkins university has a c uh uh, COVID tracker, um, which is kind of interesting to see. Although I would suggest people who 
um, have a lot of anxiety about it or things like that, maybe yeah, don't go on it's there. It's not necessary to have as your screensaver for the next three months. Right. Um, but for people to see kind of a, it shows a map, a kind of interactive map of the confirmed cases that we know of, where they're at, you know, the numbers. And I, I think it can put it into perspective for you that this is very serious and could get out of control very quickly. I looked at it at 1030 and then I looked at it at 130. And before I refreshed, I just kept in mind a couple of the numbers. Um, and, you know, Italy in three hours gained um, over 3,000 cases. Mm -hmm. so, and, you know, they're getting hit really hard right now. And so that's, they're one of the, the places that has quarantined their citizens. They're under lockdown, basically, right. very extreme measures. But they're seeing, I mean, that's three hours they have over 3,000 new cases. Yeah, I mean, and that's how quickly it changed. So so if we look at where we're at right now, we're, we're like the beginning phases of what the U.S. is going to do. We're in, we're in Washington State, um, and they just, do they like, quarantine the whole state technically? Is that what they did? No, they haven't. There's been talks about maybe... Um, I, I mean, but we can't even go to like restaurants, bars, like it's not... Well, we can. No we can. So they've basically they've said anybody... Um, any like restaurants, bars, nightclubs, yada, yada, things like that are closed basically, but you can still um, get takeout or delivery right. or things like that. So like not every restaurant is closed. It's just not open to go sit in. Right. But so um, like you could order food and then go pick it up is still an option. Um, but we're not and we're not completely quarantined as far as um, we we are still allowed to leave our house. It's recommended right. that we don't. It's recommended that if you don't have to go to work or um, wherever, don't. It's right. the recommendation, but we're not at the point right now where we are. We have to stay home. Well, I, I, I suppose what I suppose what I'm leaning in at is I, I guess it doesn't matter. Like if we can't like they're like police officers patrolling the streets telling us to get back inside. Like we're, I'm not saying we're at that point, but I'm just saying like. It's going to, there's going to be a very new normal kicking in, mm -hmm. like a, for the next few weeks at least, you know, mm -hmm. it could be months. Yeah. But um, I think just, just pr preparing for that and not like trying to look for someone to blame along the way, mm -hmm. um, not, you know, pretending or becoming blindsided by it, mm -hmm. you know, just, just don't obsess over the news but realize like some things are going to be changing and your fear is going to be triggered your emotional like your ability to handle emotions you are going to be more stressed the coming months than than previously planned like uh, i think just not letting life or, or what's about to happen blindside people is, is important too you know yeah and um right now we have all of our schools closed i know some of them are two weeks some of them are up to six weeks mm -hmm. um so that's a huge change for children and parents and life has really shifted i think trying to um, provide them with a routine mm. and um you know learning every day i don't right. have kids i mean we don't have kids so I, I don't know, um, you know how there's that works. There's plenty exactly. of things to learn online. There's like plenty of YouTube. Maybe it's a good time to like notice what content they're consuming. Like this, this can't exactly be maybe a, a super summer vacation where they're just like watching whatever they want to watch. Maybe this is a time where you step in and yeah, and help them consume you're having them do um, workbooks or right. different things to try and keep their mind active mm. and try and keep them in somewhat of a routine. I think is a really great idea. I think for people who are home trying to, um, you can do, like, you go on YouTube, you could find right. so many different workouts, trying to do other things, maybe read, you know, just things like that to continue using your brain in positive ways, not just... Um, consuming the news yeah. not just trying to like yeah e either like watch the tragedy or avoid the uncomfortableness of the tragedy i was thinking um just as a thought just as if anybody hasn't thought of it um a good way to like take your mind off of the stress is to um might sound weird at a time like this but dive into work uh by that i mean like maybe if you're if you're a teacher and you're out of work for the next couple months like maybe you start a dorky little youtube channel and you just have a youtube camera and you just record some like lectures or um if you're not working like maybe you can hop online and, and help other people maybe you could organize something like virtual like uh maybe if you if you 
know your students are going to go through some sort of material. You can offer some sort of online tutoring. Just realize what's in front of you. Like don't, don't concentrate so much on the panic, but say, okay, th this is going to be here. Maybe we can get creative and maybe we can, we can help each other out within our communities by responding online and stuff. So mm -hmm. just something to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, just try and keep up a normal, a normal seed right, right now as best as you can. And, um, yeah. So where do you, where do you see hospitals? Like where do you see it in, let's say in, in a month, if this continues? Well, I think it depends on how, um, we do. I think if we are good about basically quarantining, staying home, you know, not really spreading it, it could go away, you know, and relatively soon in the next couple weeks in the next month. I don't mm -hmm. think it'll go away, you know, but I mean, it could not peak as much as it would have. Now, right. if we're not good about those things and we're spreading and um, say a giant majority of our healthcare workers get sick and then they bring that home and other people get sick and it just kind of spirals out of control. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think it will get very crazy and chaotic and yeah i mean i think i think this is this is the time where where we just mentioned like yeah chaos is you know say chaos is inevitable which it's not but say chaos is going to happen say things do get worse i think it's just a reminder that you listener me jake you shaley like we as individuals like we have responsibilities within our within our lives like within our communities um, I think we're all leaders. I think, you know, if, if such things do kind of get a little eerie or get a little crazy, um, there's nobody, you can't just, oh, come and help me. You can't walk into hospitals when you're sick and just fall on the ground. It helps save me. You know, I mean, that, that that's the nature of the, of the situation in, in many ways, but you have to help out these healthcare workers. You have to like literally helping out by being polite um, by taking a stand, by taking care of yourself the best way that you can. Um, I think just, just coming together and, and I don't know, stepping into your leadership role too. Yeah. And, um, another important thing, if you think you may have, um, COVID or, uh, you were exposed or whatnot, um, there's different ways of going about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so if you think you may have been exposed or you're pretty sure that you have it, um, you know, the best option is not to just go to the ER and say, oh, I think I have it. Um, really, the ER should be reserved for people who literally cannot breathe or are in emergent dire need of medical care, not just I have a cough, I'm sick, and now I need to go to the ER. Because say you do have COVID and you go to the ER, you're just spreading it to mm -hmm. everybody else. This is just not going to be um, a good idea. So I know that primary care offices are really trying to ramp up testing. So say you think you may have it and you have mild symptoms, um, call your primary care, say, I really think I may have it. They may have a um, procedure for you. They may have masks outside. Somebody may meet you at the door with a mask. I don't know exactly how they're doing it. Take you back and get you tested. Say it comes back positive. Okay, you know that you need to self-quarantine at home for 14 days. Um you know, uh, they're starting to do the drive-up testing or drive-through testing, which I think is a great idea. You just stick your arm out the window and they give you a little shot and you go no, on your way? No, that is not how you get tested for it. So, The people on roller skates that come out? Okay, this is not like the Sonic food place. Mm -hmm. So actually the way that you're tested for it is quite uncomfortable. Um, it's a um, nasal swab or they have an oral uh, pharyngeal swab too, but... Um, I think they're doing the nasal way. So it's just like the flu swab. What they do is they take a, a long, thin, flexible um, swab. It has a um, swabby tip on the end of it. Swabby tip. And you stick it in your nose um, all the way back into mm -mm. where your um, your nose meets your throat and, and that area back there where the germies really like to... Um, to go and start um, shedding and um, it's not comfortable. I really, I, I really hate doing it to patients. Uh, I always say, um, I'm so sorry mm -hmm. that I have to do this. I basically am going to tickle your brain. Right. It's not going to feel good um, because I would rather tell my patients that 
this isn't going to feel well, then lie to them and say, oh, it's fine. Right. You know, because I think you should be prepared for what's going to happen. But as a patient, you got to, you know, be brave. Put your brave face yeah. on. Like, okay, I know this is going right. to hurt. That's okay, though. It's I'm going to help this girl. It's going. She's just been working all day. Like, let's make her life easier, quicker. She's doing her job. Be calm. So it's only a couple of seconds. Yeah, so yeah. anyways, you just, I guess, drive up in your car. Somebody who's all gowned up is going to mm. just shove that right up your nose, just swab you, stick your face out and you're on your merry way. I I assume they get your information and then they contact you um, with the results. I would assume if you are being tested for it, you think that you may have it. So you should be home anyways. Uh, another thing people are asking is, um, should I be tested for it? Well, if you don't have reason to expect that you've been exposed to it or that you you don't have symptoms, um, yes, there's a possibility you could still have it. But if you're not having symptoms and you haven't been around anybody, um, then don't get tested. Um, right now, we are still um, kind of short on tests. It's getting better. They're producing more and more. And so maybe we're going to get to a point where anybody can be tested. Yeah, but for right now. Home testing on the eventually. People, well, people are already like black marketing tests. It's kind of crazy. But um, we really need the tests for the people who are showing the symptoms. Right. You know, the people that really need to be tested. I'm not saying that we don't also need to test people who think maybe they've been exposed to it. But it seems that the people who are actually showing signs and right. symptoms, we really need to know because it's going to alter their care. If they have the flu versus the virus versus something else, it's going to determine how we're going to treat them. Right. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, your primary care doctor is a really great option to help the hospitals from getting bombarded. I know, um, like China, they built little like hospitals to care for these patients. They just constructed right. them in a week. Um, I don't know that. Yeah, that was crazy fast. Yeah, it was. They they did it before. And I, I, I'm very impressed by that. It's Humans are impressive. pretty cool. Um, but we're not really doing that. But I know actually a lot of facilities are starting to have basically tent systems outside their mm -hmm. ERs to kind of triage people. Um, and then certain areas are being um, constructed in hospitals like, okay, these patients are going into this area. Right. Uh, elective surgeries are being canceled. So elective could be um, you need your knee replaced. And that sucks, right? Like you're scheduled to go to mm -hmm. surgery next week. But technically that's elective if it's not you're, you had uh, – a trauma and your knee was crushed and this and that and all these things, that's a different situation. But if it's elective, like, oh, I need my knee replaced. Sorry, your surgery is canceled because we need these beds for these patients that are coming right. in. Yep. And we also need to preserve our protective equipment. So using those on patients who are right. not sick with this virus is kind of not our priority. I think that kind of like shows the, the immensity of the situation and the, you know, like, taste of what what may be coming sort of thing mm -hmm. so i think it's just like we, we you know as as the next few few days evolve and we kind of start to wrap our minds around it a little bit more um you know just like having faith and grace with with each other is going to be super important i mean that's that's one thing i'm thinking about is just like you're going to be at work all day and like the the best thing people can do is just like literally be kind mm -hmm. like because you're sick man you're like you're sick and you're going to go get help and doctors and nurses are going to take care of you and that's great but like you gotta you yeah. gotta do your part where you can and and, mm -hmm. and show up and understand that if you do have a loved one in a hospital or you are in the hospital um understand that a lot of hospitals are not permitting visitors mm -hmm. right now so um a lot of the facilities up where i work and my facility too we are no longer permitting visitors unless mm -hmm. You are um, in labor and delivery, you are actively dying, or you're under 18. And then they're permitted one visitor at a time, I believe. And the visitors are being screened. Do they have a temperature? Those kinds of things. Right. And it's not to keep people away from their loved ones. It's to protect the patients, the staff from a ton of people coming in and bringing in, you know, bugs. And then also um, protecting our 
our equipment. I mean, right. we are right. in a shortage already of personal protective equipment, and I can't stress that enough. And I think that's the biggest concern for me is we get a lot of our um, PPE from China. Uh, we don't manufacture a lot of it here. And so our stockpiles are already running low. China is combating this virus on their own. They probably have used a lot of their supplies. Of course, they're going to manufacture more, but they're going to manufacture them for themselves, right? Um, to help protect their staff. You know, I'm sure some of the other European countries are going to be receiving a lot of supplies. So our access to these supplies are a lot limited, mm -hmm. a lot more limited than they were. I hope this does um, kind of come as a wake up for us that we should be manufacturing masks, gloves, PPE. And, and I don't know the numbers of this. So, right. I, I mean, I have no idea how much is produced here versus China. But I know we get a lot of our supplies from China. And that is an issue mm -hmm. that we don't have access to them right now. It definitely point, it points out a lot of holes in our... Yeah. It, it kind of shows us like, okay, if this were to happen again, we should mm -hmm. probably have factories here making these kinds of supplies. We should probably stockpile them a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, for these instances i mean how can you know exactly what you need until you go through it right yeah so. i think uh i mean and that that kind of brings me i was going to ask you um where, where do you see this in the next two years like like what what are we going to learn from this that's kind of like where i think a lot of times is like the meta level of of like okay what does this look like what are we going to learn from this and you know because when you think like that you can kind of look at what are we learning from this right now or what can be learned that we're overlooking out of fear or panic or whatever. Um, so me, I was, I was thinking um, like hoarders and preppers and, or not hoarders, but uh, like the preppers. <laughs> hey, the uh, hoarders might be doing better than yeah, us. They, they might, may have like they got a lot of stuff. They're like, what do I have? They're just looking around right now. And they're like, <laughs> I got so much. I'm good. Like, I don't know what I have, but I have supplies. Um, but uh, yeah, just like preppers. Like, so I think that, um, you know, ideally, let's say two years, uh, you know, maybe there is going to be, we're all going to have a little crate in the corner of our basements where you have three weeks to three months of, of dry food. Um, and you have like some other things stockpiled and emergency kits and, and, uh, you know, maybe we can, we can be positive about that and not have like some, some big corporate tie mofo just capitalizing off off all these ration packs that every every country or every home has in our country like maybe we can return that to like you know uh, relief funds and and uh the health care like the things that are involved in in helping us with these potential pandemics like the money should be full circle into them you know so like the, the if i bought a, a crate of rations the people who get the money for those crater rations that should go full circle into our healthcare system, into our like uh, prevention of it, the science behind it, any of that. So that's my ideal situation. What happens in two years? Um, I think yours? one thing this has taught us is that we should always have more toilet paper on hand than we think we yeah, need. Protect your butt, man. <laughs> um, I was so thankful that a couple of weeks ago I bought a giant one of those giant 30 packs from Costco. So yeah. we still have like 20 rolls upstairs. What about when we start getting lower? Like, is this where like finance starts coming in? You're like, well, I've been the one who's been bringing home the bacon <laughs> and my butt is more important than you. No, we, that's when we actually need to get our little bidet hooked up. We have we one. We have an Amazon bidet. We had, we ordered one like a year ago and it's on the toilet, but it's just, we needed a different like pipe or something because it didn't fit. Exactly. I gotta be honest, I think that I'm just a little nervous about it. It's just so different still, but it's so, I mean, like I, I talked about this on the last podcast, but like we, we wipe our butts until it's dry and we're like, that's good. Like, what if we got poop on our hands and we just wipe it off until it's dry and we're like, all right, that's good. Yeah. Like we, the way we do things is super weird anyway. Maybe we, this is just a huge thing to sell bidets. Maybe. And toilet paper. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Where, where I don't do know you, about what, that. What's your ideal in, in two years, but in two years, Shaley, what, what do you see? Um, like ideally, like like what? Not just America, but like our world, our healthcare system. Like, what will we have learned about this in two years, if all you know? Um, I think the need for education drills, um, funding for those kinds of things. Um, so this, so during the Obama administration, they had approved funding for um, basically this kind of thing. So especially when Ebola was really i mean ebola still is a huge deal it, it just hasn't impacted us so we don't think about it 
but people in Africa think about it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that happened, uh, a lot of um, healthcare workers, a lot of um, hospitals, they were trained what to do in these circumstances and they went through actual drills. So they would um, do almost like a secret shopper. They would do like a secret person that would come in and they wouldn't know and they would have these symptoms and they'd start asking them these questions and it would trigger like, okay, this is potentially Ebola or this is this to see if the healthcare workers knew what to do in these situations. Mm. Um, and so I think that is such an important thing. If you don't practice something, it's likely you won't know what to do in response right. when it does happen. That's why we practice everything we do. We practice um, at my hospital, we do tons of code blue practices, which code blue is um, yeah, your heart stops, you stop breathing, you know, an emergency situation where you have to be in CPR right. and all those things. We practice those all the time. Right. Um, because if you don't practice, when the real situation comes, you're underprepared. So yeah, you have a lot less time to deal with the real situation when it actually happens. So yeah. So um reversed. So with um so in the Obama administration there was a lot of funding given to be able to perform these drills for certain people to go around and educate healthcare workers. So I think the funding I, I believe was only for around five years. So um, I think recently it was running out and they needed to renew it or figure out and don't quote me on this because I don't really know all the factual information about it. I just know um, they're really obviously wanting to get that renewed and it hadn't been a priority. I don't know if the funds had been cut. I don't know. Mm. And that, that's not for me to get into blame, the blame game of it was it's this person's fault. Right now. Yeah, it's not helpful. Yeah. But um, we can see that we need it. It's important. We mm-hmm. need funding for these things. We need funding for research and vaccine programs and all of these things. It's so important. So I hope that in two years we will continue to remember what this was like to know that these kinds of things are really important and that we need to be focusing on this. Uh, we do such a good job of trying to prevent disease and being able to cure people of things but we have a virus here that's right. a tiny little, tiny, tiny little organism right. that we can't even. From some fucking cave. That we can't even um, basically beat right now. Uh, We're yeah. at the mercy of this virus. And I think that's a really important perspective to remember mm-hmm. that. Um, so I hope, in a roundabout way, I hope that we continue to fund these things and research these things and realize that you know life is fragile and we need we need to be educated about this mm-hmm. and i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know what's the I, answer yeah. to that yeah i i, you know? I think, think you rounded it out pretty well um i i think unless there's anything else you wanted to add off on um i do want to just i guess just man be conscious of your mindset listener like just be really you know uh for me like like w- when there's a lot of like meaning crisis going on and there's a lot of like big things going on like we, we have a lot of us are we have some some things right in front of us like me i just had um like a, i'm a dj for a living so any bars and clubs that i was planning on playing those are canceled um i was just going to start my tour for um, audio engineering audio directing canceled i'm not going anywhere so like the stress is right in front of me too um of just in my life of like you know oh what am i going to do for work and whatever uh but there's also this like what is what is going on with other people like you have the sadness for other people too there's just a lot of layers of like human fear and human like desperation and um like dude if if you're stressed right now i get it like if you're if you're panicking right now i get it but you know you got to you got to take care of yourself and, and now is is an important time for you to to remember that so anything you could be doing listener to just just take care of yourself uh the placebo cool if it's a placebo like you know we have this saying where it's just the placebo though well if it makes you feel better do it you know go go for a you know maybe wear a mask and don't talk to anybody but go for a walk outside um do some stretches like don't if you're watching too much news and you start to get stressed out dude put the office on or, or some friends on or um and then don't watch too much of that because if that makes you depressed, you know, consume better content. So I ju- just be ultra aware of your state of mind. Um, you're going to be locked in for a while maybe. So 
just be feeding yourself good, good content and be having good, positive self-talk, you know, it's, it's definitely going to help, right? Yeah. And just looking out for each other. Um, yeah. Look out for people in your life who are healthcare workers. Just check on them. See how they're doing. See if you can do anything mm. for them. Same goes for parents. I mean, their kids are now home for weeks and weeks and maybe they're not going to work. Check on them. They right. they probably need a lot of help. See if there's anything you can do for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody doesn't have kids, maybe they can make a family dinner or, right. you know, um, your older families, your neighbor, maybe they're older right. and they're terrified to go out. Just, uh, you know, call them, see if something as simple as, well, it's not simple right now, but something as important as if your neighbor is an elderly man, maybe you can go to the grocery store and get them the things that they need and bring it home to them so they don't have to go out. Mm -hmm. I mean, just any little thing you can think of to help somebody else out and be kind and yeah. just do Community what Community is do. built from within. Like there's not, there's not going to be people who are going to tell you about that. Like that you're not going to get a letter from the president that says like, here's your job in this situation. Like, no, you've got to spark this yourself. Look around you in your community and see what needs help, who needs a little mm-hmm. extra something. Mm-hmm. Just give everybody more grace than they deserve right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Just give everybody as much Including grace yourself. as you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is all... A crazy weird new situation that we're not used to and mm-hmm. we just need to understand that things are changing hourly day by right. day and it's, it's not the time to be right yeah or it's, blaming or whatever let's just try to get through this um and be kind as ellen would say be kind to one another be kind to one another <laughs> yeah all right well i think that's a pretty solid start um maybe in the next couple of days if you're not entirely exhausted and things are so crazy we can we can see where we're at um yeah definitely um changed. this is what i've read all anything that i said on here was like what i've read from the cdc or the who or whatever so if it's changing mm-hmm. um i'm not trying to spread not factual information it's just it's right. changing so often and um yeah if anybody has any questions I'll try to answer them the best I can or, you know, just go online and see what you can find out. And, um, yeah, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Cover your mouth. Sanitize everything. Sanitize your counters, your door handles, your faucets, your fridge, Mm -hmm. your remotes, Mm -hmm. your phone. Your brain. Consume good content. (laughs) Sanitize Sanitize your brain. brain. Do not drink bleach, people. Don't drink, Come don't on. sanitize your, your brain that way. Yeah, don't. Don't do. don't flush it out. Just consume good content and just be be aware of your actions. You know, when when we're forced into into fearful states of mind, we're not always acting like ourselves. So just just be aware. You know, yeah. just watch out for one another and yourself. Yep. Be kind to one another. Be kind to one another. That's Ellen. I'm not trademarking that. It's trademarked. Yeah, it's trademarked. So I wait. Am I allowed to say that? We're making bank off it now. No, we can't. I don't make bank off with bosses. No, we don't make anything from this, but. All right. Junkyard (laughs) lovers, take care of yourself. Drink some water, but make sure it's not contaminated. Peace out. Bye.